What is up, guys? And thank you all for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, a new movie potentially being developed by Marvel. Certainly a surprise to me, considering uh, what people thought about the comic book. So I'm very curious to see what my co-hosts think about this project that apparently is being developed and how it may actually end up being our introduction to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Also, of course, due to the coronavirus pandemic, we're getting more and more ripple effects on Hollywood production, which means more uh, delayed release dates for some Marvel movies. So we'll give you guys the latest on that. A very particular project could be coming to Disney Plus, potentially. I guess we'll kind of cipher through the the realistic possibility that that's the case. And um, Jeff Johns will be part of the production for the Green Lantern show that's being uh, developed by HBO Max. So his production company officially listed it as one of the things that they're working on. So that is uh, exciting stuff to think about. So plenty of good stories. This week's episode recaps are The Flash. Uh, the show is back along with the other some of the other CW shows that recently returned. So we'll be recapping season six, episode 16 and 17, So Long and Good Night and uh, Liberation. So a lot of stuff to get to. Let's get right to it. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart and Sham. Uh, I would be remiss not to mention that we were we just uh, passed the um, one-year anniversary of Avengers Endgame and uh, obviously two-year anniversary of Infinity War. And shout-out to uh, to Feely. Shout-out to uh, Marcus, the screenwriters. They um, did a watch with the fans, I think, for Infinity War. And then the Russo brothers, uh, Joe and Anthony, did a... Um, they did a, a also a live watch. You know, they live tweeted the movie with fans as well, and we got a couple of interesting nuggets from that. One of them I thought that was most interesting was this idea that somehow maybe Steve Rogers would be the actual Soul Stone. Uh, according to Russo Brothers, early on in development, talks we considered making uh, Cap the Soul Stone, but that idea fell away rather quickly. I'm kind of glad it did because I hate the idea of a person being a, a stone. And I think that, uh, to me, Cap being the really the center of that that fight with, you know, Thanos before, of course, everybody comes back. Like I mean, that's that's an epic fight scene. I think that his grit and his heart and his, him being kind of uh, the one going mano y mano, I thought was... What we needed, so I don't know what you think, Champ. That sounded like a terrible idea. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, uh, especially Cap being the Soul Stone. I don't know. It just seems too. Ah, it just seems like a bit much. I feel like what they did with Cap in the story worked out much better than making him the Soul Stone. Um, and I do agree. I mean, I think I don't think a, a person necessarily needs to be a stone. I think what they did with Vision being powered by a stone was about enough. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I agree. I think that was a good decision. Well, you go ahead. Kendall joined me as well. Kendall, you have any thoughts on that? Well, no, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the whole thing of them live tweeting, I thought that was cool. You know, we, they shared a lot of, uh, shared a lot of behind the scenes stuff of like, you know, Chris Evans' last day on set and, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s last day on set. And, I mean, it was interesting how they 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 said, uh, you know, it's Chris Evans' last time playing Captain America. Yes, that was it interesting. Is. You know, I don't know if that means, 
you know, he'll be back as Steve Rogers eventually, if that means the last time he's going to be playing anybody in a Marvel in a Marvel movie, and they kind of broke the news. But uh, or if they're just saying, look, when Steve Rogers, if and when Steve Rogers ever comes back, it won't be as Captain America. But I did think that that was interesting that they were so definitive about that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking too deep into their words, but that is what they said. And if anybody would know, besides the Kevin spoiling, Feige, the spoiling thing. I know, right? Yeah, they ruined the future of the MCU. Um, if anybody would know, besides Kevin Feige and Chris Evans, it would be uh, the Russos, I would imagine. So, um, but yeah, no, it was cool though, to see the respect that uh, all the people that work there at Marvel Studios have for Downey and Evans. And, uh, you know, it's funny them tweeting about Stan. You know, they were like, you know, them tweeting about Sebastian Stan, how much they love working with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was funny, you know, because it's it's always interesting when, like, you know, obviously you, you, we see the end result as something that's so, I mean, it's so it's it's great entertainment, but it's also funny seeing kind of the behind the scenes of how these things are done and the people that, you know, all the people that are involved in this stuff. And, you know, obviously we think about the Downies and the Evanses and the, the Feige's and the Russo's, but like there's a lot, a lot of heads that are, and a lot of names that are on those credits at the end. So it was interesting to see some kind of some of those, you know, names as faces behind the scenes. You know, so I thought that was kind of cool. Now, Marcus and McFeely, not only did they uh, confirm pretty much that the Okoye line about, you know, something with the waters and not really wanting to explore it. Not only did they confirm that that was most likely a tease to uh, Namor, they kind of had a very cryptic line about, you know, sometimes you, you plant a seed and then sometime it grows. So maybe that's, uh, maybe the, the growing part, maybe is Marvel actually acquiring the assets uh, from Fox who have Namor and now use that character. Also, um, what I thought was interesting was there were talks apparently about who would take the shield and the mantle Captain America after Steve Rogers moved on to Kendall's point, and Marcus, uh, Marcus and Feely both say that it was at one point considered uh, to have Bucky be that character. You know, in the comic books, it was Bucky who takes over the mantle of Cap more recently. Obviously, with the U.S. soldier in the past, U.S. agent in the past, but um, in the more recent comics, you had uh, first Bucky as Captain America, then he dies, and then you go with um, you know Sam Wilson later on as Cap. Apparently. Uh, it was considered to have Bucky take the take the shield, but according to them, they said uh, it was quickly dropped. Uh, Captain America is about I- the idealism, what we could be if we were better. Sam is that. Bucky is something else entirely. So I thought that was an interesting kind of psychology into the what Captain America means as just a, a symbol and why Sam, they thought, was a better choice than Bucky. Sham, do you agree with that kind of definition? Um... I would say I agree. Uh, I think Sam, I think he embodies what Captain America stands for more. And I feel like the journey that they've gone on, um, really all three of them, in terms of their relationship with Steve, I feel like Sam is kind of more the natural fit for this role, especially considering everything that um, you know Bucky has gone through getting his serum and getting his arm and all, all that and the brainwashing and all that. Uh, I mean, him, them becoming Captain America now, he still it seems when he, even in, in how he's acted, he still seems like he's recovering still from what he went through. Right. So him then being Captain America doesn't seem, it doesn't feel right. Wouldn't seem right. 
you know. So I feel like Sam at this point taking up the mantle. Um, I mean, we know he's got the grit. You know, he's got the toughness. You know, he's got the athleticism. Um, he's not a super soldier, but you know, he's got just just the general athleticism. And um, you know, so I mean, it's just it's a it's a good fit. So I agree with them. Yeah, I agree too. I think that um, I think that they they kind of summed it up well. I think Sam. Uh, I kind of like that Sam, like you said, isn't someone who's like kind of you know as Tony says, you know everything special about you know Steve came out of a bottle in Avengers One, which obviously wasn't true. He was you know being you know possessed by the Mind Stone that they all were. Mm-hmm. But like I do like the idea that yeah, like you know it doesn't take a super serum person to wield the shield. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it could be any of us, you know. But it's just that like. Um, you know, doing for others before, you know, uh, before thinking about yourself and just kind of just that kind of altruism that Captain America represents. I do think it fits um, Steve, excuse me, Sam more than Bucky. So I, I, I like that 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 idea. I think that that made sense. And it was a great moment when it when it happened in the movie. Um, let's talk about the future of Marvel. We, we dwelled on the past a little bit and kind of thinking about what it could mean for the future. Here's uh, a story out of a. Uh, uh, MCU Cosmic, shout out to Jeremy Conrad, that certainly raised some eyebrows for me, at least. I'm curious what you guys think. So, uh, while there remain questions about how Marvel is planning on introducing the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters acquired in the Fox acquisition, Jeremy Conrad is highlighting a new project in development that could be the first time we see these characters in a major way. According to MCU Cosmic, Marvel Studios is developing an ultimative movie that name sounds familiar to you. That's because it was the title of a 2009 Marvel Ultimate Universe comic book event where Magneto loses his mind, essentially, and uh, over the deaths of Scarlet Witch, his daughter, and Quicksilver, his son, and goes on a rampage, creates a kind of uh, apocalyptic uh, doomsday-style you know, event. It, it leads to um, the deaths of a lot of heroes and unites the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and several other Marvel heroes in an effort to stop him. Apparently, uh, it was Dr. June the whole time who was kind of pulling the puppet strings through this whole situation. Now, this was a story that was deeply unpopular. It was critically panned and involved several bizarre elements, some that are so bizarre I don't even want to really talk about it. <laughs> but um, as I said before, a lot of characters died in this storyline. Now, Kendall, we've, we've heard Marvel before, you know, take you know, the names of certain comic books that, you know, were sometimes great, sometimes maybe not so great, and use that name as a way to tell their own story. But with that being said, what do you make of Marvel working on potentially a story inspired by such an unpopular comic book? Now, I think the way you phrase that is interesting because... Like, when I first read this, I thought it was a very strange, uh, you know, concept that they were developing an ultimatum movie that would introduce or include at least the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Um, that's strange because we all assumed that the Fantastic Four and X-Men would be introduced in their own movie and that it would kind of, you know, kind of be a traditional, maybe not origin story, but your traditional Marvel solo film, um, although they'd be ensembles. But, um, but when you read that, you think, oh, they're they're adapting a a particular story and like making that a movie. Like that would honestly be the first time the Marvel did that. 
for the first time they would for the for our first movie. Um, but we have to remember that the source of this is Jeremy Conrad, who uh, Jeremy Conrad has great sources, uh, especially in Marvel and Disney. But um, it's I but this isn't coming from the mouth of Kevin Feige. So he didn't come out and say, I'm making an ultimatum movie. So while I, I, I think Conrad's getting this from someplace that is legitimate, the question is, you know, like, where, what is the original plan? Or what is the actual plan? Like, is it, we're making a movie, it's going to be called Ultimatum? Or is it, a, is it the Fantastic Four movie is going to have aspects of Ultimatum? Or is the X-Men movie that they make gonna have aspects of Ultimate. Maybe it's X Men Ultimatum and the Fantastic Four is in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Fantastic Four Ultimatum and the X Men are in it. Like those are aspects of it where when you hear they're making Ultimatum movie, you're kinda like, all right, this is kind of a weird story to adapt to to introduce the X Men and Fantastic Four. But I you know, I have my doubts that that's actually what they're gonna do because they haven't done that yet. You know, I, I would find it more likely that they take you know small bits and pieces of it and maybe the, maybe the movie kind of acts as that story maybe that maybe basically it ultimate maybe it's not called ultimate ultimatum uh or maybe again maybe it's a specific i just don't think you can brand a, a movie like that um it's just not how marvel has done that it's just not how they've done things so i i have my doubts that that's that you know if you hear they're developing an ultimatum movie like i have my doubts that that is what the movie is like it's probably a fantastic four movie or an x-men movie mm-hmm. that may take up that title um in terms of them making it good um them them you know making it a, a movie that makes any sense i i mean look I, I don't know if i need any crossover right now between the fantastic four and the x-men uh i think i'd rather them one because like and we never got it with Fox, but they, obviously that's something that they've wanted to do for a while. You know, Thing was supposed to be in Deadpool, Deadpool two, as opposed to Juggernaut. Like there was a lot of they had a lot of they had a lot of ideas to cross over the X Men and the Fantastic Four because those are the two properties they had. Um, but it would just look like all right. So those are the two characters you get. You're just gonna like you know it would just look like you're just trying to you know squeeze them together and just push push them as fast as possible. Like we don't need that. And both obviously properties can can stand up on their own. So. Um, it's just, it's just weird. Like if, if Scarlet Witch were to die in WandaVision or, you know, like, you know, something would happen to her by the time this movie comes out and they want to tell the story of Magneto kind of coming out of the woodwork because of that and Quicksilver and stuff like that. Like I would maybe get it and maybe you want to call that ultimatum, like sure. But I just don't think that this is going to be a, I I highly doubt this would be a, a, a straight adaptation of the of the uh comic yeah um yeah i think that this is well i take this with a just a really big massive grain of salt um i mean is uh i don't know i think this is something that's that they're talking about probably i don't know if this is something that they've that they are just 100 percent doing and if it is i think it's going to be heavily Old, heavily changed <laughs> to the point where you could vaguely kind of make out the ultimatum storyline, but it's heavily changed. Similar to what happened with um, Planet Hulk, where rumors about, oh, they're doing Planet Hulk, then we get Thor Ragnarok. And it's like, okay, well, it's kind of Planet Hulk, but it's not, you know? So I'm thinking that's probably the closest we'll get to the, we're, us getting a quote-unquote ultimatum right. movie. Yeah, the Planet Hulk uh, comparison is, I think, very apt. 
Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Uh, or if you, even if you said it was Ragnarok, you know, like they call it Ragnarok. But yeah, exactly. Ragnarok. But it's not right. You know, right. so it's like I think they're they're going to be if they do that, they're going to be changing things significantly if they even do it. I mean, they know, you know, how people feel about how about these these properties because I just think Feige and then the team that they have at Marvel are in tune with the fan base and they care about that stuff. Yeah. Out different different from. Lucasfilm, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> um, but they, they listen, and they care about what the fans think about the properties. So, um, so yeah, I don't think they're just going to develop, especially not outright, just straight from the comic. Yeah. Something that was received very poorly. Right. I think that just doesn't make any business sense. Um, it would so, just be a weird passion project to go through. Yeah, very weird. Like, so that really, That's really what that's you want to do? That's what they want to do? You know, when and introduce that's definitely not how they're going to introduce Fantastic Four or the X Men, right? Either team. That's what's so strange, but you know, yeah. you know, if it's in development, I mean, are it in development of the sequel or yeah, that could be that, exactly. could, that could be that could be what it means. Well, I just don't know. Yeah, I think it's something that's on a whiteboard somewhere, but I don't think it's something that you know Feige's laying the hammer down, saying this is what we're doing. Figure out how to make it happen. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you guys. I think this is something that's probably very tentative. Um, uh, and I think that this is something that's probably, you know, kind of in name only in regards to the story. Because the ultimatum story, which was, you know, shout out to Jeff Lowe. We've given him his flowers in the show a bunch of times. I know he wrote that story. But that, that story was hot garbage. Uh, let not put it mildly. I mean, that was considered one of the worst superhero movie, superhero comic book events of the 21st century. And it ain't over-exaggerating to say that. So, you think, okay, well, why would you want to do that? Well, Age of Ultron also was a very, very subpar comic book event that a lot of people did not like. That, to me, when I heard that they were taking the Age of Ultron name, I was like, what? That was an awful comic. Why would they even think about going down that path? Now... The Age of Ultron movie is almost nothing like the Age of Ultron comic book. It kind of serves as just, you know, name only. Right. And then you have Civil War, which, you know, definitely is more kind of on the same path in regards to splitting the heroes. But the story is a lot different. How they get to where they are, what the whole circumstances, uh, what what creates the whole circumstance, everything is, 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 is rather different. So Marvel Studios has shown that they take inspiration in some of these titles to then do kind of whatever they want with whatever they've created. So my thing is, okay, let me throw out the whole ultimatum story and say, what's like the overall aspect of it? Okay, it's the, the heroes having to band together to fight Magneto, essentially. Let's throw out all the bizarre, wacky stuff that happened around that. Let's just kind of focus on that. And somehow Doctor Doom kind of pulling the strings. Could I see that being something that they do as a major event after they introduced the Fantastic Four and X-Men, yes. I don't think that this is going to be our first introduction to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. I think that that's, that's just too much. I, I don't think there's any way we really be able to wrap our head around that many characters. Along with like the Avenger characters as well in the mix. I mean, unless you're, they're not going to be in the mix. Maybe it's just the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. But and that's that's how we get introduced to these characters. But again, it, it's just too much. Um but could that be something that they want to do? Do they want to do a story where they, they center, you know, kind of like, to me, like the way Avengers, Loki was the villain of Avengers. Could Magneto be the villain of this next 
you know, Avengers movie. I could see, I could see that. I, I think that in some ways I would kind of like, it would kind of be cool to have Magneto have that kind of billing where he's such a badass that he could actually be that much of a threat. So can I see that happening? Sure. Um, but I'm going to hold my breath in terms of really waiting for Ultimatum to be a movie because, again, it, it's just it's so infamous as a terrible book um, that it would surprise me that they would go this route. I, I know this is really kind of messed up. And I don't, wanna, I don't want, them to, want to think that they're doing this, but in some ways I almost feel like to even mention Ultimatum as a story it almost feels like a troll to Jeff Loeb. No? I know that their, their relationship isn't necessarily the greatest, uh, between the TV people and the movie people, and obviously Loeb is no longer doing Marvel TV with you know Feige kind of heading everything. <laughs> it, it, you know, I almost can't wonder. Think like are they trying to like kind of mess with him, be like, oh, we're gonna take this guy who's done amazing work. We're gonna take your worst project I, ever. We're gonna I, make, I we're, gonna, we're gonna make I, bil- a billion dollars. Does not seem like he don't like seem like he don't seem like he don't seem like it. But this is weird. It ain't if weird to was, y'all. If, th- if this was a if this was a spite at Ike Perlmutter. I would say possible, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I don't think Loeb and yeah, Feige like, have Loeb, that much bad blood. Yeah, like, what did Loeb do to Feige? What did Loeb do? I mean, Loeb. I mean, Feige at the very least has to have a lot of respect for what Loeb has done in his career. You know, I don't, to to spite him like this. I don't, I, I highly doubt. I don't that. think so either. But it's so weird <laughs> that I can't help but like try to think of some explanation, and that's. One of the explanations I can come with is like, well, is it impossible? take someone's ter- take someone's terrible project and I will make it hot. I don't know. I I haven't seen like you're right. Most of the 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 bad bad blood seems seems to be between Perlmutter and Feige. But to be fair, I mean, Loeb was working for Perlmutter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, so am I gonna possible. assume? Am I gonna assume there's been no strays caught on either end because of that? <laughs> I'm not gonna I mean, assume Feige, that. I'm not gonna assume that saying, at all. Feige's, Feige's got so much. Why is he taking? All, why would he be taking petty shots? He's saying Feige. Really I don't think. I'm not, I'm not even sure if it's about. Oh, I'm 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 actively trying to do it. But I think. <laughs> with, with, I think when they look at the whiteboard, I'm not. Again, I don't think this is happening. Let me make that. You think clear. like Feige might have said, "Oh, wouldn't that be funny?" Yeah, <laughs> I think he might have said, "Oh, ultimatum." That's a really crazy story, but it did include a lot of X Men characters, the Fantastic Four, and oh wow, that was a Jeff Lowe project. Interesting. What, you know, we took Age of Ultron that was awful and made that a movie. Wouldn't it be interesting if we did this too? Like, I don't know. I can't. I can't say that it's it's completely not out of my mind that it's possible. I, if I do, I think that's what's happening. No, because again, they've done this before with other, you know, questionable comic books and made the movies and it made you no know, billion dollars. So they 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 could just feel like, hey, you know, these names are good names, and I would agree. Age of Ultron is, is a good name for a movie. Uh, Ultimatum is a very good name for a movie. It just, uh, it, again, it's just so infamous. This is a bad comic book. It's just weird that they would, especially oh. for guys who know comic books. It'd be different if these guys didn't know anything. You know, like, oh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, you know, it, was, it made, the comic book made a lot of money. Yeah, so I just your, did with it. This that. isn't your, your stereotypical yeah. movie exactly. Yeah, right. That's what I'm trying I mean, to say. If, for, this were, if this were DC, I'd be like, like Feige, Feige knows <laughs> everything that went into Ultimatum. Yeah. Everything. So. Of all the stories, that's the one you're gonna pick. So my my question is, where does the timing of this report make sense? Like we talk about the timeline. My question is, like, does this mean that is there a connection maybe to WandaVision? That that's what I'm thinking. 
is it is it is there something where like somebody knows something about WandaVision that makes you think that oh yeah like Ultimate the next step after gonna be this. in WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but who knows? <laughs> it's coming out in like two years, so <laughs> got plenty of time. But um like is it is it a connection to WandaVision? Is it a connection to Captain Marvel two and the, the a new Avengers movie? Is it a connection to Black Panther? Like that's my question because I feel like if this is coming out now, this isn't gonna be some standalone that is not teased. I, I think that of, to me, I any think of the movie that we have on the slate. I'm like not gonna say, yeah, I'm not gonna say it's gonna it, be a precursor to that. I'm not gonna say it's being teased. I don't think, I don't think, it, I don't think anything that's happening like that's happening very soon is is teasing Ultimatum. I think that no, like, it teases a strong word, but like, what's gonna be the prerequisite movie, the precursor movie that's gonna like we know WandaVision is also supposed to act like that for Doctor Strange. You know, yeah, I just wonder, like, will maybe that lead to? Something in Doctor Strange that will lead to ultimatum. I don't know. I mean, to She's me, the character that makes the sense. Yeah, I mean, sense. to me, when you think about these characters, and we think about uh, the apparent move in the apparent direction we're going with Wanda Maximoff. I've, I've said this on the show a bunch. I think that to me, the story I'm interested in hearing is House of M. That to me is a story that, that makes more sense. That seems to be a, a plot. That seems to be some of the things that they seem to have left way more tea leaves to like that kind of story than Ultimatum. I mean, Quicksilver's already dead, so while Magneto yeah. flip out yeah. about Quicksilver being dead, and okay, okay, Maximo, one of Maximoff dies, okay, but like that's gonna make him destroy the world. I don't, I don't know. Something doesn't add up there, but could maybe somehow there be elements of both. That, that, that kind of come into play, or maybe it, it's really House of M and they're calling it Ultimatum. Again, Again, it could just be something in a name that they like, and, and I could see that being a possibility. It's, it's fascinating. I, I mean, again, when I saw that they were thinking about doing an Ultimate movie, I was shocked. I'm like, Yeah, that's, what? that's why, like, we gotta, we gotta get someone like Jeremy Conrad on our show to, like, because I, I just be fascinated to know, like, where, what part of this, what part of this is, like, they're making a story based off of the book, or it's just the name of it's just the name of a future movie. Because like you said it could be either one. Yeah, you know, it could yeah. be it could be based off of the movie. I mean, it could be based off the story and not be called Ultimatum, or it could be called Ultimatum and have nothing to do with have nothing to do with the the book. It may not even be like I mean he's I mean I, I think in the report he said it's Fantastic Four gonna be involved, that Namor might be involved. So like yeah. seemed like there are gonna be aspects of it that are Ultimatum, but. Um, right. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I would assume that this is going to be more X-Men than Fantastic Four, but that's the other part of this is that this could be a Fantastic Four movie. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go by. I mean, they could feel like, like, that's kind of why I kind of threw out the idea of like, well, maybe this is more X-Men than Fantastic Four. Cause maybe they feel like this is a way to kind of kill two birds with one stone in some ways, because you know, maybe you have the X-Men in one movie, you have the Fantastic Four in another movie, and maybe you find a way to combine them in one movie. Uh, and maybe not doing just an X-Men movie or just a Fantastic Four, maybe you put them together in something. And a story that has such so much uh, of, of an influence from Magneto and from Doctor Doom, I could see that in some ways making sense, but... Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. This is I feel again, I feel like this is something that is very far down the line. I think if Marvel was trying to do this um, you know, any earlier than twenty twenty three, 
that I think that'd be a highly foolish. This I think, right because doesn't it feel this like is like a twenty twenty four twenty twenty five kind of project? This is not something you're trying to do. That just feels like if that's something tomorrow. that they're going to do in the near future, like that would just feel very rushed. Yeah, exactly. The story is that'd way, be too exactly, many, way too many yeah. tentacles. That'd be yeah. exactly no that'd be exactly what DC did wrong with what they did with Batman v Superman. Yes, like yeah, that would exactly. be we're gonna throw in a bunch of characters and put them all together, and then bam, Justice and League. So and so is gonna die. And then yeah, Superman, Superman's Superman's gonna, gonna die, die in the second movie. Yeah, and then bam, we got Justice League. <laughs> like, nah, you can't, you can't do that. That's that's not a good idea. And I, I Marvel smarter than that, so I don't think this is something that's happening imminently. Speaking of Marvel, obviously the delay in Hollywood productions due to the coronavirus pandemic means more changes in the Marvel Cinematic schedule. The third installment of Marvel and Sony's joint Spider-Man franchise uh, will now debut on November fifth of next year. It was really originally scheduled to come out in July. Uh, the movie will take the place of Doctor uh, Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, which you know had already been moved out of its date uh, previously, but now is 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 set to come out in March of 2022. Uh, other changes: Sony's uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was also moved back. That was supposed to debut in April of 2022. That will now be an October movie. And Thor, Love and Thunder, actually moved up a week. It was um, supposed to be uh, February of 2022, uh, the 18th of 2022, now be uh, February 11th of 2022. So is there a particular change, Shamari, that sticks out to you in regards to these new release dates? Um, uh, I guess moving uh, Spider-Man. I mean, all these, when it comes to moving all these uh, movies, um. I mean, it all when it comes to just the concern for public safety, I feel like it makes sense. With the exception of Thor, I mean, it, they moved that up a, a bit, which I don't know what it would be would have been conflicting with. Um, so I, I have to admit, I'm not sure exactly what's going on around Thor um, uh, in those weeks. But um, but yeah, them moving those uh, projects back, moving Spider Man back, and also the other Spider Verse being being moved as well being moved back um tragic 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 but i mean it is what it is and you know you got to keep everybody safe so i mean i i'm not going to be able to sacrifice the you know get in the office do work 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 like nah man like <laughs> so i'm glad you know disney sony are doing the right thing and they're keeping everybody safe and you know we got to wait a little longer but it is what it is i'm not mad at it um you know, we just gotta be patient, and we'll we'll have our fill. I mean, there's still stuff coming out on Netflix. There's still stuff coming out on Disney Plus. Man, Scoob's coming out. Scoob is is isn't that out? Is is that is that not out? Is that out? I, think it, I don't know. Maybe don't maybe it's not. Well, not, not that now. now that Scoob is out, it's all all all, all, all is okay now. We can all relax. We got Scoob. Yeah, we're yeah we're getting. I mean, look, we're getting content. We have content coming down the pipe. So we got HBO Max coming out. Um. You know, which we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, some HBO Max content later on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we got stuff. So I mean, we, we all just gotta be patient. Yeah, um, I think that this uh, this slate. I mean, it's it's the same thing we talk about every week. More movies got pushed back. So I, I know the random one got moved up, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, Disney is a tough. Disney is a weird, weird company to kind of have to deal with this because of uh not only because they're screwed over with the parks aspect but also because 
like they have so many different properties uh they own everything basically so all the movies like have to make sense in their own calendar so not only that but then you have to wonder about other studios that have major movies coming out in this particular month they may want to avoid you may want to avoid overlap like yeah you gotta you gotta worry about releasing you know uh Jungle Cruise versus, you know, a Marvel movie versus, you know, a Star Wars movie eventually. Like, yeah, you got to worry about that. But then what happens then when, you know, Wonder Woman is in in the same month or on the same week, like James Bond. So it's not an easy job. Uh, Then you throw in the fact Sony's got their own things that they have to deal with and that they have to that they're going to try to avoid, especially with now with Spider-Man getting pushed, getting pushed back. So. It's not an easy job, but these all all these all these moves make sense. Uh, it's just, I mean, like you said, it is what it is. It's the, it's the times, you know. I, I like Spider Verse is kind of weird, but I, it's I guess it's because they just haven't started production, or they probably haven't really gotten that far along, so they kind of have to push it back. I know Space Jam Two, which was supposed to come out in July of 2021, I think uh, still still set for that date because mm-hmm. anime is mostly animation anyway so they can kind of do that stuff indoors but um we'll see if that sticks but that's the early word with that but um i don't know what that i don't know what that means for spider-verse but still they decided to push back apparently yeah i mean to me the one that i, I look at is is dr strange um i feel like we've all kind of had our eye on dr strange as being um probably the next big big marvel release because of the date that it originally had in, in in the middle of the summer now seeing that you know massive release be moved to march it's such a odd time for a big movie though um if i'm not mistaken i think justice league or batman v superman one of them came out in march which was kind of weird so um i believe right yeah or February that might have been yeah, yeah. so so that's that's gonna be you know kind of interesting to see again it just I feel like the, the, the movie schedule for the next year and a half probably is just going to feel so off. There are going to be some big movies with big ramifications, not just in Marvel, but in other uh, production companies that are going to come out in weird times. But, you know, I don't think these mo- they, these film companies don't want to delay these movies by a year. And for Marvel, they're kind of in a position where you kind of have to, if one movie moves, you got to have to push back everything else because the story is all supposed to be linear. You know, to me, I think the question I had was what happens um, when Spider-Man 3 kind of gets moved because that's a movie that we know is, yes, produced by Marvel, but Sony is heavily involved. It's a Sony movie, if we're being technical. So I was wondering if there would be any effect, but apparently it it does affect the MCU um, or the Marvel Studios production schedule in a major way. So that's that's, 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 that's interesting. What are you going to say, Gunnar? Well, it, I just I also find it interesting because in November of twenty one we're getting Spider Man, and then three months later we're getting Thor, and then a month later we're getting Doctor Strange, and I believe two months later I think we're getting Black Panther, and I think two months after that we're getting Captain Marvel two, so. I mean, obviously, we went, we, we've had a couple of years, especially recently, where we've gone long gaps 
without Marvel movies. I mean, especially now, obviously, it's not it's not intentional, but we're going to go a long gap without a Marvel movie between Endgame or whatever was the last one, Spider-Man and Black Widow. But um, but come 2021 into 22, we're going to get Marvel movies every two to three months. And yeah. that's, that's going to be yeah, that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, that, that, um, yeah, once you get to Spider-Man 3, it's going to be pretty much nonstop. It's probably, each other. yeah, it's going to feel probably like, like you're reading a comic book pretty much when you get to that, the dates being that close, which is, I, to me, I, I don't think this schedule is sustainable, to be honest. I don't think this is going to be how the schedule looks. I think that, um, Black Panther will be moved. And I think Captain Marvel 2 will be moved. That's, that's my feeling right now. I can't tell you, um, if that's going to change or whatever, but to me, that just that seems extremely close. And I know maybe you say, well, again, Spider-Man is kind of a Sony movie, so maybe that wouldn't be as much of an issue going between uh, Shang-Chi and Thor, and Thor and Love and Thunder. That's a lot of time, but to, to get your ducks in a row. But I don't I don't think you can do two, a movie every two months. In some ways, you know, again, Doctor Strange and Thor. That's a one month difference. There's, there's gonna be there's gonna be more moves. That's to me, and I, we've said that before. But to me, that's the only thing that I can see from this. You've got to be the Debbie Downer, man. What production company is doing two movies, a movie every two months? No one's doing that. I know Marvel and Disney has you know, unlimited resources, but they I, I, some things are just not humanly possible. I don't think that that's possible. I don't know if, yeah. If, I, if, I if they come out, gonna, if this schedule stands. Produce all of them at the same time. If this schedule stands. I will come on this show and say, man, I was so wrong. I cannot believe Marvel put it off. Feige's got but eight brains. There's no way in hell this is going to happen like this. No way. Feige's just going to clone himself. It'll be four, four sets at once. He goes to one to a meeting about one movie, then he goes to another meeting about the next movie. I mean, Thor, Doctor Strange, you're talking about six six weeks. Yep. And that's why they moved it up because they were like, well, we can't. I mean, if we. Leave it literally there. can't. Yeah. It's going to be pretty much a month, you know. So yeah, they move that marketing them at the same time, yeah, and, and competing and, against each other. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe Thor and Love and Thunder gets moved up even more. But I think to me, it, it was very clear they wanted that Valentine's Day weekend uh, slot because of the theme of the movie, I suppose. So, how much more can you really move it up from? You know, eight to eighteenth, they moved it up one one week. They felt like that was all they can do. Uh, again, this, this schedule is is. It's crap. It's, it's, it's not to say it's crap that like it's bad. I'm just so sad. Like, there's no all these movies. There's no together. way. What? There's no way it's gonna happen. I would love for it to happen. Again, I, I would be at every movie. No, Bob every Mike, every two months I'm going. Right to, now, every two months I'd be going to the movie. You doing fighting? But there's no, no there's, there's no way this is happening like this. I mean, it's funny because these are only the Marvel movies. I mean, that's not even counting any DC movies or any of the Sony yeah, movies exactly. that are probably gonna be coming out in the same year. Yeah. Or Disney movies that may be coming Disney. out during these times, like yeah, other Disney. Like movies. I, I can't imagine that Pixar or, or any of the other company that Disney owns, like they're going to be happy with like you know Marvel being you know just a, a never ending presence on the the the, the, the slate. It's, it kind of you know I don't know who it was. It was one of these clowns, um, Cameron or one of those. Like there's a movie, there's a Marvel movie out every week or whatever every month, and it sounded yeah, not just not true. <laughs> no, it's not true. I, we said that that was ridiculous. That was absurd. But like, this is getting close to it. Like, I yeah. mean, this is kind of what they were talking about. You know, I can't, I got, I can't front. So, but which is why I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I don't, I don't think that is possible. Um, but let's move on. Uh, staying with Marvel, kinda, because this is kind of a, a weird story. I, I still can't really wrap my head around it. But I'll see what you guys make of it. 
So we haven't heard a lot about the Sony project Silver and Black. That was supposed to be the movie that was a Sony movie, a Spider-Man spinoff, so to speak, that included the Black Cat and Silver Sable, two very well-known Spider-Man characters. I don't know if I call them villains, especially maybe not Black Cat villain, but Spider-Man characters. Um, in several months, we've not we've not heard anything about this. It's been pretty much you know crickets. Uh, but interestingly enough, <clears throat> the director that was supposed to lead that film had some interesting comments in an interview they did with Hollywood Reporter. Gina Prince Bythewood said the project had has had many iterations during this creative process. It's been hard to get off the ground. And one of the more recent ideas that's been being floated around, according to her, is somehow putting this show on Disney Plus. Or this movie. Yeah. No. Well, sorry. No. Yes. A movie, but the idea is that it would be a series on Disney Plus. Oh, right, right, right. So this movie that's been a movie from which you're right, Kendall, all this time's been a movie, but the idea is that it would be a limited series on Disney Plus. I'll read you the exact quote. She said, quote, I really love that project and I do hope it can still happen in some way. It keeps going through different thoughts. First was going to be the two of them, and then the decision was made to separate the two. Now there's a thought of, hey, maybe we put it on Disney Plus as a limited series. But I loved it more as a film with the two of them. So my hope is that one day it, it can still happen. Guys, as you guys know, Sony, this was, again, a Sony project. I've heard nothing about Disney or Marvel Studios' input or in the creative process of this at all or the distribution of this at all. This is the first time I've heard any of this. It leads me to believe... Something's something's happening. I don't know what is happening, um, but this this seems like it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I guess I'll toss it to Sham. What do you think is going on here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that this would go to Disney Plus. I mean, I know, especially since this was at first a Sony movie. It wasn't even a Disney movie. It was all Sony. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of odd. Yeah, Marvel, is, Marvel Studios had no nothing. Yeah, they had no they had no say in this. So would this be put on the Marvel section? I mean, I guess it would be put in the Marvel section. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but Marvel doesn't have any other Sony properties on Disney Plus. None. I mean, I guess they have Spider Man shows, but no movies. They don't got Spider Man. Uh, um, they don't got spectacular Spider Man. Or the the uh, MTV Spider Man. <laughs> they don't got so, that either. I think those are Sony properties, if I'm not mistaken. I know that the Spectacular Spider-Man is a Sony property. There's a long story about why we didn't get more seasons of that show that involves the beef between Sony and Marvel. So that I know for sure. But there's no... The Raimi Spider-Mans aren't on there. Venom is not on there. There's, from what I can tell, even the Marvel content that Sony has produced, there's nothing from Sony... I don't know. I, I can't... I don't know. Homecoming may be on there. I'm not 100% sure. But... It is not. I don't believe. It. Yeah, I don't think it is. So I think it's still on Netflix, but yeah. But I mean, and we haven't even seen far with Far From Home. What that's what situation? What that's going to be like? This this is this this seems completely off considering there's no Sony content on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's very it's very weird. It's very bizarre. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It seems like there may be some kind of potential. Um, I mean, at least it shows they're they're playing ball. They're working together. If this is even true, which we don't know if we don't know if this is really gonna happen, but um, 
But it seems like they're playing ball. It seems like they're working well together. I mean, it's which is good news for everybody because that's what we all want. And I know Sony had been. I know in the Spider-Man game they had both Black Cat and Silver Sable in the game, which seemed like a hint towards them coming down the pipe in in other in other ways. Uh, so I mean, look, I'm. I mean, if this does become a series, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what's going on, but it looks like they're working together now, which is good news for everybody. Uh, yawn. Oh, Kendall. Yawn. Debbie Downer. I'm being a Debbie Downer. What's what's the yawn aspect of this? Is it yawn the project? Yawn the move to Disney Plus? What exactly (laughs) are you you, uh, feeling um, sleepy about when it comes to this problem? Like uh, Trump called. Yeah, I was going to say Trump calls, you know, what's the name? Sleepy Biden call you Sleepy Kendall. Sleepy sleepy Sony. Sleepy Kenny. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when's Inhumans? Not Inhumans. Uh, New Mutants. They're all the same, right? Silver, silver and black. New Mutants and Humans. All the same. <laughs> what, what is that coming? Look, New Mutants has actually filmed, so at least we have actual yeah, sure. footage sure. and trailers and stuff put together with it. I don't hey. know when it's coming out. Current, currently, right now, right now, it's supposed to still be a theatrical release as of today. But that just seems foolish. Yeah, it's not gonna be. That, theatrical. I don't think. It, I don't think it will be either. I mean, at this point, it's like, like if it you is, want it to make it, like no money. Is, yeah, if it is, they're not gonna make any money. Like, part of me, but I think part of reason. No, but part of reason I think why they want to do it is because they didn't produce it, so it's just free money. Whatever they get is gravy for New Mutants. Fox produced that whole thing. Yeah, are, are theaters so they, even open? They're just there. They're, they're only there just to collect the bag. I mean, I don't know what the theater fees are to get your movie played, but it's probably not. So much where you can't make some kind of profit. That's why they did it with with Dark Phoenix. Like there's a there is a a sentiment out there coming out that oh Dark Phoenix was the biggest box office flop of 2019. I saw a headline that said that exact they lost same 133 thing. million uh, off the production, and I'm sure they did, but Disney didn't lose any money. <laughs> they put no money into that. That's I mean, all. I guess in theory they bought 20th Century Fox, so maybe they did, but. That was a, they, that was a part of the acquisition, but they they didn't lose any money in the production of it. Um, they they gained whatever fifteen twenty million they probably got from the box office. It wasn't a lot. Uh, they took in that 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 bag, but um, yeah, silver and black. I mean, I, to me, I just don't see why you do this. Uh, the only way is if you talk about negotiations, if this is a part of the Spider Man thing, where they're like, oh, all right. We'll let you guys use Spider-Man, but put Silver and Black on Disney+. Plus. Now, obviously, Sony doesn't get anything from that in terms of money. I would imagine maybe they do. I don't know. But assuming they don't, it's just about, like, exposure. And now you put your characters on Disney+. Plus. Now maybe it makes it more viable for movies. And I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Because I don't know why Disney would want to touch that. It's just I don't think that Kevin Feige was been thinking this whole time. I want Black Cat and Silver Sable. <laughs> on Disney yeah, Plus, I don't, I don't think this has anything to do with fighting. As part of the Disney yeah. Plus banner, yeah, that I, I, um, as part of the Marvel Studios banner, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'll go even further in that. I don't think this is even a conversation that's been had between Marvel and Sony. I think here's what I think is happening because I don't think there's any way Feige has even put any consideration <laughs> to having a Silver and Black series kind of populated uh polluting his marvel studios air that he has in terms of this, these shows coming out i think marvel and disney have been on the same page and been smartly on the same page with the idea that 
okay, if we're going to be doing any more Marvel television content, you know, while I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I really liked, uh, you know, all those Netflix shows, we, we, they need to have some kind of connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the one true way to really grab that massive audience that's watching these movies to also watch our television content. It's a smart business move. Um, and it's a smart creative move, I think, as well. I think it kind of it puts your property in the mouths and, and minds of everybody for a longer period of time than it would just one movie release, and then you gotta wait another five or six months. So, with that plan in mind, I don't see how Silver and Black then fits in. Faye, from what I understand, general just the reporting again, I don't have any sourcing, but he has had no creative input in that at all. In fact, it feels like a project that's been on Sony's back burner. Forget about, you know, the idea that it's going to be involved with Marvel. I don't know how crazy and excited Sony is about it. In this quote, Gina uh, is talking about how, you know, if this this project is hard to get off the ground and it has all these different iterations and no one really knows what to do with it. And that she says the idea being floated around is maybe it goes on Disney+. Plus. I feel like this is something that's going to be pitched to to Disney and Marvel. Not something that's already been pitched or something that is something that Disney and Marvel are interested in, to be honest. Like, this is her idea, but no no conversation. Right. I think that this is an idea, and I'm not, I don't know Gina Prince, but I'm not going to, I'm not trying to mansplain to her at all. I'm not trying to mansplain, you know, the whole, well, ma'am, you know, Sony only earns Spider-Man and Disney owns, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't know what she's thinking in that regard. I don't she could know everything about the situation. What I'm saying is I think that Sony probably has great interest to get this show onto Disney Plus because they see a movie that is dead in the water potentially. I don't know why they feel that way. Maybe they are looking at the uh maybe they're looking at what happened to Harley Quinn and maybe uh, you know Birds of Prey and they're like, oh maybe this isn't a great idea. You know, Black Hat and Silver Sable way less uh interesting, way less uh, well, known than Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey did not do well in the box office. Um, you know, they've had issues with a lot of the things during the production of this, pre-production of this thing. Maybe they feel like, look, forget about doing a movie. What if you just made this a series and then you say, okay, well, where could this land that's going to make us any kind of real bread? It's not going to make any real... I don't think it's going to really make much of a dent if it's on, like, you know, a cable television so maybe you cut a deal with Disney. Say, hey, Disney, here's this project. You don't got to pay nothing. Uh, but it is a Marvel thing. And, um, and you know, it'll bring more people to Disney Plus for sure. And in return, maybe we cut another deal to get Spider-Man, Tom Holland, and more movies. I think it's going to be um, part of this, like, ongoing negotiation that we're going to have only- with this. But there's no way... That this is something that's been discussed, and that they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna fit this." Only movie, other this part of my show that nothing to do with the Marvel Studios and include it, or or just let it be separate. That doesn't make any sense. The only other theory I could go with is maybe, and I didn't believe this until this until this this story, but maybe there is. This is a whole. This is a one hundred percent work. Uh all the Sony Marvel stuff and that maybe it was real, but I'm just saying like in terms of like what we saw in the Morbius trailer, maybe that was like, yeah, like Feige is involved in some of the Sony stuff. And like, there is now a 100% 
marriage between Sony and Marvel Studios when it comes to Spider-Man properties and Marvel and Marvel Studios, and that Venom made made be Marvel Studios like Morbius will be Marvel Studios and like Spider-Man Three will be Marvel Studios, and that anything else under that Sony kind of Spider-Man Venom to Marvel Studios, yes. Mm. You know that's my that, that's the only other theory. Why? Why would the pen has been signed? The deal has been signed. Every the papers have been signed. The lawyers. Have why met. would that deal have not been announced? Why would it have not been announced? One, I mean, it could have been for like shock value. You know, when whenever like, like Spider-Man whenever comes Venom comes out, Spider Man comes out, Morbius like comes out, like a Civil War surprise, or something. it becomes kind of clear. Like, wow, like this thing. I mean, the shock value of their minds. Oh my god, the shock value of what you call it of. <laughs> Vulture being in Morbius was huge. That was for a Morbius. I was going to say that. I was going to say, so that, in, in, if we're going with that theory, though, why would your first dipping your toe in the water of this idea be, you're going to put Vulture in Morbius? I just, now, that seemed look, odd, it, but it did it did make some waves. It did. For, like, yeah, but, for a couple of days, it was, it was a huge story but, in, the, in the culture. But what I will say again, I will say in the culture. I don't know if I would say, you know, in terms of crossover. Like yeah, no, to me, all, like all it, it was it, the entertainment tonight. It, it, it was it was I mean, interesting. Tonight was meeting their show with Morbius trailer comes, comes out. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, and the Daily Bugle stuff was interesting. But at the same time, it wasn't Spider Man holding the Captain America shield. It wasn't that. Right. And to me, but if you're going to do I something think- this massive, where now you're saying. Everybody's home now. The, the whole Spider-Man universe, these Sony things that we're doing, Feige's involved now. It's all part of the same thing. That seems to be a massive... That seems like a massive undertaking that... Why would they keep that under wraps? And why would... And, and, and it seems odd to me that, like, the thing, things got so bad over the summer, last summer, it, I find it hard to believe that they could have... Not they've been so far apart where they're like, no, screw, it, we're not even working together, and then be like, all right, everything is yours. I, I don't. They seem so far apart in terms of the negotiations. Right. I don't and know how they they, they, Morbius, they make this whole that, big thing. I, that's that's where I'm having trouble with this theory. When you ask me about Morbius, I would say that look, maybe it's just because Morbius is the next thing on the calendar. You know, like, I, and I don't know who this is. Like, I don't know who's running this. Like it could be Sony, it could be Feige just saying. Because Sony could maybe came to him and said, "If you want Spider Man, you you need to take everything, <laughs> or and you need to let us use some of your characters in our movie." Like it may not be like the most, uh, it may not be like the 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 the, the healthiest marriage. You know, it may not be like, oh yeah, they they both love this idea, but you know, like Sony needs. I mean, Marvel obviously needs Spider Man and Sony. You know, probably needs Marvel. So, um, I can see value on both sides if that were the case. If you want to talk about like why this is under wraps, I, that I don't know. It's why it's a theory as opposed to I don't know. It's not confirmed, but um, but I, I it's just weird that now we've got Vulture and and Morbius, which has always been weird and still hasn't been explained. The only thing we could we could say is look, I mean, Sony owns Vulture. They so I guess they own Keaton's rights. 
and Marvel can't stop them. It was, that's always felt kind of a weird explanation because it's like, is Marvel going to disassociate from Vulture now? Like, how do you, how how are they going to take this? But the only way that, the only way to explain this, and then you have now someone working on Silver and Black saying that, oh, why don't we just put it on Disney Plus? Well, that's never been an option. No one's ever talked about anything Sony being put on Disney Plus. So why would that be now put on Disney Plus, unless unless Marvel and Sony have now come well, to the well, come she's to the just trying to speak it into existence. Yeah, I got, and that goes with the EJ saying that she's just she's just talking out of, out of nothing. But I don't know. I mean, maybe we've seen creators and showrunners and stuff do that before, where they just kind of yeah. say stuff in the media, they, but not realistic. But I don't know. That just seems it just seems like such a weird idea. As someone, you know, if we know that it seems unrealistic that Silver and Black would end up on Disney Plus, I'm sure she knows that. So I don't feel yeah. like she wouldn't see that I mean, unless she, she there was some possibility of it being a thing. I, I feel think like there's a reason why she feels like that. I feel like the people she's going to be working with, though, closely are going to be the Sony people. So I agree. She's not getting this from nowhere. She's getting it from somewhere. Someone saying this is maybe this is possible. I just don't think that it is possible. So I'm saying, okay, if it's not possible, why is she hearing this? I'm thinking it's, again, Sony trying to salvage a project that they just, again, they feel like is dead on arrival and they feel like what is, what, what could possibly make this worthwhile? It's like, well, if we could somehow get this to Disney plus and we get some kind of cut in some way, that would be, uh, a huge win for us because now our characters are on a Disney platform and maybe in return again, maybe in return that we put, we give them more Spider-Man in the Marvel universe because to me, like there's no incentive for really Marvel to take on this project. There's none. I don't see one. Like what, why, why would they want this project? The only thing that they want from Sony is if it gave them more Spider-Man. So that could be the carrot that's going to be dangled. And maybe they feel like, okay, we can't give them a movie because they don't. I don't. They're not gonna want a movie. They're gonna want something. They're not really doing that kind of thing on Disney Plus. So let's give them a series. And it, and it, I don't know how realistic this is because she even says I don't really want to do that. Like she says, I, I think this project should be a movie. So you know, that I kind of take that with a grain of salt that this is even possible because I don't. I don't know. I think it seems like there's a little out in the air. I, I think this was a lot of spitballing. That's that's how I, I view it. I think that this is still very far away. Um, last story of the day, guys, before we do our uh, show recap, we're going to have a DC story here to wrap up. Um, this week, we, we, we learned that uh, Mad Ghost Productions, which is Jeff John's production company, is confirmed to be uh, producing the Green Lantern series that's happening on HBO Max. Now, that same production company, Mad Ghost Productions, is also um, going to be working with the uh, Green Lantern Corps movies, which uh, John's also is apparently supposed to be working on, though we have not heard really much about that in a long time. Jeff John's has a, a, a very deep ties to the Green Lantern character for good reason. Um, his, uh, he, he wrote Blackest Night. He wrote the Green Lantern Rebirth series. Uh, in many ways, a lot of people feel like Jeff Johns is the reason why uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern character, kind of had had a little bit of a resurgence in, in the, over the last 10 years uh, with a lot of his writing. So, Shamari, you're familiar with Johns' work. 
as well as I am, what do you think of the idea of Johns working on this Green Lantern series? We've seen him, uh, you know, kind of make these moves into television and movies. I actually didn't know that he 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 originally his first job was like uh, he was like a he was like an assist a, assistant to the dude that did the Superman movies. I didn't even realize. Um, I don't know why I can't remember his name at the moment. <laughs> uh, Donner. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was a he was like a production assistant or a director's assistant to uh, mm-hmm. Richard Donner. So it's not like this is a guy who doesn't you know know movies or television. He's been in it for a long time. But um, but obviously we we do think of him as more of a comic book guy because that's kind of where he made his bread initially. Um, and he's had involvement with Titans and with some of the DCEU stuff. At one point, he was kind of one of the pseudo heads of the DCEU, though that was <laughs> a very weird. Weird kind of, um, what's the word, like bridge situation between Zack Snyder and what we have now with Hamada. Uh, so, Shamari, what do you think of John's working on this Green Lantern show? Uh, I'm a fan of it. I, I think he's the right person to be to be working on this. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like he's necessarily like a showrunner or a head person, but you know, for his production company to be involved i think is wise i mean he clearly is very familiar with the character people like his adaptation of the character so i think this and he's a very talented comic book writer so i think this makes a lot of sense i am a fan and i've been a fan of what he's done on tv so far i I think titans has been you know by and large good for the most part you know it's not a show that i don't look forward to watching so um so yeah i'm a fan i'm definitely a fan of this i think it's wise i think it makes sense I think him along with I think him and Berlanti, I mean they teamed up on Titans. So I'm a fan of it. I think it's a very good idea and it gives me a lot of hope for the series. Kendall, do you have any concern about John's now we don't we haven't heard a lot about the Green Lantern Core movie, but if he's linked to the Green Lantern Core movie and he's doing this T V show, I mean look, John's is again, he's the modern day, you know, Green Lantern writer, I think, for a lot of people. But does that do you feel that that's kind of an odd situation to have a guy working on a movie and then a separate television show that, from our point of view that we don't know, um, is not connected in any way? Um, I'm not completely convinced that Green Lantern Corps is coming out anytime soon. Hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I think it will come out much before Green Lantern Corps will. Now, uh, the not, Max series. Now, to be fair... The Green Lantern Corps movie, when you look at the Mad Ghost Productions website, is still up there. It's still up there amongst uh, projects that's being worked on. Yeah, I mean, the, the latest reports had it as, you know, being a priority for the DCEU, for Warner Brothers. But I, I just, I'm just i just thinking about, like, the DCEU and Warner Brothers. Like, is that really what's at the top of the list? You know, I know we've talked about we've talked about doing a Supergirl movie. Is that still a thing? Obviously, like Black Adam is happening. Once you attach the Rock, that means that that, that that's certainly <laughs> happening. Uh, we've heard a lot the about Rock's that. Gonna make sure it happens. Yeah, the Rock's going to make sure it happens. Hook or cro- like I, I forgot what the Rock's production company is, but I trust it's them. Seven, way, seven bucks. Yeah, seven bucks. I trust seven bucks way more than Mad Ghost personally. <laughs> but with that being said, um, I like so because of that. Look, HBO Max. The budget seems like they're they're just throwing out silly money, just like Disney, just like Disney was with Warner Media, just throwing out silly money when it comes to HBO Max. So I'm sure this Green Lantern show will be good. Um, 
I can't say it's going to be good, but at least I'm sure it will look good. Um, Berlanti, uh, I mean, again, you worry about the cliff. You know, when will the Berlanti cliff hit? You know, it's going to come for Doom Patrol at some point. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Berlanti. But um, what was Jeff Johns' involvement on the last Green Lantern? Was he involved in that at all? Um, I don't think he was. But I could be wrong. I didn't even think about that. Um, the Green Lantern movie that starred Ryan. And that Reynolds. may not matter. Berlanti. Not I know matter. Berlanti was. But I don't think. Oh, no. Yeah. Johns, he, uh, he was involved with that. According, yeah. according to Wikipedia. He he was a producer on that. I, I imagine he I imagine he was even though it was a long time ago that because that's the only thing that kind of like obviously it kind of worries you a little bit is all right yeah you know, it, it, it worries me a lot in hindsight yeah but so. I mean when you got a producer you know that producer title it, it feels very like it it's kind of like you know damned if you do damned if you don't like in some ways I feel like. Producers may get like too much credit, and in some ways, I feel like they may get too much blame. Like, there was a lot of issues with Green Lantern, and great Jeff Johns is an unbelievable writer. He didn't write that script, he didn't direct that movie. They gave him a producer credit, which probably meant a lot of cash, but like, how much influence did he really have? Was that his vision of what he wanted to bring to the big screen for Green Lantern? I cannot imagine that. I can't. But, I mean, he has a producer credit, so I, I, I get that he deserves some blame for the movie that did come out, I guess. But that, to me, is just something that's hard for me to jive with. I gotta be honest. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean... Um, Kevin Feige was producer on some some, some bad movies. Of course. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, if his recent... Everything he's done recently was just trash, then I'd be like, alright, well... You know, he's on a, he's on a pretty bad... Uh, a pretty bad streak. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, in terms of his writing, recently has been very good, and his, I think is I, I like I said, I'm I like what I've seen from Titans, and um, you know, so look, I I'm willing to give him credit, and he knows a Green Lantern character very well, clearly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it either. Um... I, I His think, movie stuff just hasn't been nearly as successful. I mean, of course, Mario's been, but you know, like in terms of like the the general audience, that's kind of the question. Is like, I mean, his movie stuff, his live action stuff, really haven't been all that great. Um, of course, I don't know. Also, like, what is Jeff Johns' involvement? Like, is he the brainchild of all of this? Is is Berlanti the brainchild of all of this? Like, that's that's kind of the question. Is you right. know what but aspect when we, of this? But when we say his film stuff hasn't worked, I mean, we can only say that about the. I mean, you say in live action, which is true, but like, you know, Flashpoint Paradox sure as hell worked. I know he wrote the comic, so you know, I would hope it would work if he was an executive producer on that. Um, you know, Green Lantern Emerald Emerald Knights was a a, a you know a decent project. Yeah, yeah, particularly I'm not really talking about the animated stuff. Right. Yeah. But, um. And he gets the you know executive producer credits on some of the other movies once the the uh, you know the ceiling kind of fell in on DC with with Zack Snyder, but yeah. uh, some of it's like how much blame does he really get? Right, and I don't know. Like that's 
That's the that's the question. Um, because is he the, it, it like is he telling is he the one that's telling the story and Berlanti's doing like some of the other stuff? Is Berlanti holding the cat handling the casting and the the settings and stuff? Like like that's what I'm interested in seeing. Because how are they going to code this movie? We've seen it before, but like what? Like who handles what, or is this a completely cohesive unit that they'll be working as? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I get the if fit. you ask to be, yeah. if you ask me, like, would I prefer this to feel more like Titans, which some say maybe that's more Jeff Johns esque, or like your stereotypical CW show? I mean, I think I would say Titans because, like, I think Titans, while Titans is all over the place in terms of story, which is a little alarming. I do feel like Titans takes a certain amount of risks that I think I would want maybe in an HBO Max series. Um, like, Titans certainly tries. And I don't know if the story is completely all there. And I don't know if that's Berlanti's fault or Johnson's fault. Yeah, but. I mean, we'll get to some of these CW shows in our, re- in our recaps, but they ain't taking no risks. Nope. They, they ain't doing nothing exciting. Nope. So maybe it would be better to have Johns' involvement. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that to me, maybe I'm giving Johns a lot of benefit of the doubt here. I don't think he's here to play when it comes to doing a Green Lantern television show. That's that's the feeling I have. Um, I know, again, some of the, the live action projects he's been attached to, maybe not the greatest fans of, but I think that some of that other stuff, they you know, they, they had, there was a lot of corporate tape that was involved in a lot of other stuff. And I, we've talked about it. On, when we talk about John's career as a movie producer, television producer, we always kind of lean on the comic book side of him. And I just feel like the creative side is not going to let what happened in 2008 or whatever that year was when Greenland came out. That's not going to happen again. And I, I don't think we're going to see, you know, um, you know, Buttercup CW kind of fluff either. Not on HBO Max. I like to me that's the thing too. Like they're getting Johns attached to an HBO Max project on Green Lantern. It ain't they. They ain't playing around. They're not here for play play. That's that's the impression that I get. I could be wrong, and maybe you know there is a lot of you know it would be a big project for HBO and for Warner Brothers. So I'm sure that there would be a lot of you know ciphering through the creative ideas behind it, but. Especially after what I saw from Watchmen and how much they gave uh, um, homie who did Watchmen. Yeah. uh, So much rope to really tell a true Watchmen story. To not make this a capes kind of show. And, like, I get the impression that's... If that was my first iteration, my first kind of um, venture into HBO doing anything superhero-like, I'm going to give them a lot of benefit of the doubt. And I'm definitely going to give John's a ton of benefit of the doubt when it comes to writing anything about uh, um, Green Lantern. So the fact that he's involved with this project, I think, is a win for the fans. Um, let's wrap the show now, guys, though. Let's talk about um, The Flash is our episode recap for this week. We got um, this week's episode, which we actually just watched before this show. It kind of felt like an old-school, new-generation hero talk when the show wasn't uh, done on the weekends. We'd have to do some shows during the week. we do the show during the week, and we'd uh, record after watching you know an episode live of the flash i was even texting uh shamari throughout the episode i knew kendall was behind so i didn't want to spoil him with anything so it kind of felt a little bit like old times though in quarantine so we, we were recording the show on tuesday night so we watched episode liberation episode 17 season six um 
we also have uh, episode 16, So Long and Good Night, which was the previous week. Um, So here's the thing. I think that we all kind of were, I felt like we all kind of like felt like the Flash was kind of in like, I don't know what the word is, but kind of like in no man's land where we they were building to something, but we really couldn't judge it completely until we kind of see saw them try to stick the landing of whenever um you know mirror master comes out of the mirror uh whenever we realize what the, the exact end game is for black hole um until those things really kind of played them their, their, themselves out we really couldn't really judge what was happening i mean we could say what well, this episode was cool this episode wasn't but in terms of where the season was going i think we all kind of were in kind of in a, a, a idol kind of position. I feel like these episodes definitely moved the story much further along and it was much needed because we're, we're nearing the end here. And I don't know. I, this, this is not, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't know how this is going to uh, play itself out. I'm happy that we're done with um, doppelganger mirror Iris. I didn't quite get that whole scene with her actually wanting to help Barry in the end. That seemed very weird and unexplained. There just seemed to be a lot of, whenever you're dealing with like mirrors and things like that, I think that, I know there's suspension of disbelief, but when when you're doing something this wacky, like you got to set some rules and some, some obvious uh, boundaries for us to kind of understand how everything works. And to see Iris in that fight scene going, you know, Terminator 2 uh, with the mirrors and the liquid. Yeah. Like, that just seemed to be, okay, now we're in a, a, a space that's kind of ridiculous. She's like, uh, um, the, 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 the fake Iris I was fighting Barry looked like, whatchamacallit, looked like the Terminator from uh, Robbie Reyes, you know, uh, his name, Luna. Not Diego Luna. Yeah, Gabriel Luna. Yeah, she looked like Gabriel Luna with the, the knives coming out of her arms. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and like and like we 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 had no we have no basis for why she or how she was able to do that, and we never will know. We never nope. will know because now she's dead. And I guess in theory, there's a thing out there that maybe has those same powers, and maybe we'll learn more. But otherwise, that was completely unexplained. We'll never know what that was about. Uh, I think that I, I kind of like that Barry found out. The way he did, I know some people may feel like that was kind of stupid, but and I, and I said Samari, the 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 you know Charlie from Sun, Always in Sunny Philadelphia meme, where he's like you know at the board, kind of going crazy. Right. And that to me was exactly what Barry was doing. I think that they were that's what they were going for. I think that they wanted people to actually share that meme, and I I actually didn't mind that because I did I did like the kind of intuition that he had that being like, oh no, this can't be ours. No way. This is this doesn't make any sense. But then, like how, like when she was able to 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 make it look like he was the imposter, and then how they explained that, which just again didn't make any sense, unexplained. She put the thing in the mirror; it came back out, and all of a sudden, Barry was the guy who looked like the the, the mirror person. Like it's it, some of this stuff was just kind of ridiculous. Um, and it kind of it took away, I think, from some of the stuff that I have liked about these episodes. I mean, I did like. Uh, the kind of Joe West angle in the previous episode, I thought that that stuff was actually really strong, and I thought that episode with him in the in the bomb. I mean, I, I thought that that was probably some of the more tense stuff 
Flash has done in a long time. So that was actually quite exciting. But as soon as I saw the next episode and saw Bloodwork getting put into the picture again, and somehow he's the he's like the key to part of this thing, or it was the key for Elizabeth to get out. I was like, oh god, this is not going in a good direction. So um, I'm gonna keep seeing where this goes. But I also don't know if I love the idea that oh, it's you know Barry having to get in the middle of a you know a domestic dispute. That's basically what we're dealing with, and <laughs> I'm like. If this is the best they could have came up with. I'm not feeling it at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just. Um, I mean, EJ, 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 all right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna explode. See, go Shamari's rant. I mean, I've been ranting about Flash for weeks. Yeah, Shamari, like, this is old, dude. I've been saying this for weeks. I mean, this is this is bad Flash. This is this is very bad Flash. This is blood work Devo bad. Level. Devo bad. This is blood work bad. So you felt both episodes were this bad. Um, the Joe episode was better than this one. Okay. But even that one was bad. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I mean, it was, I didn't like it. You're right, you know? It was less bad. I mean, Joe was bugging. I mean, and, and what's his name? The ragdoll was dumb, strong for no reason. He was, it wasn't nearly as powerful stretching like Mr. Fantastic all of a sudden. Like when he, he doesn't, he doesn't have that ability. At least I don't think. Not, not any iteration <laughs> of ragdoll. Yeah, they didn't show No iteration of ragdoll. Yeah, when, when I remember, like yeah, I remember he could. Contort his body, but the stretching that we saw seen. Like right, now, he, he did me <laughs> yeah. now. That did me power. Like, I haven't seen this version of Ragdoll ever, so I, I'm not feeling it. You know, I wasn't feeling that episode. I wasn't feeling Ragdoll being the big bad assassin that McCullough sent after him. So I'm just like, whatever. So I, I'm not I, the Flash man. These writers, they're on a slump, man. They're in a very deep, long slump. I didn't like this Ava McCullough stuff since it started. I'm still not a fan. I'm not a fan of McCullough being the big bad or Ava being the big. I'm not really a fan of any of this. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of was. Carver is starting to warm up to me a little bit as a villain. I thought that his performance in the last in in the uh, the actor's performance in the so long goodnight episode was actually pretty decent. Like he started to get some teeth, and I was like, okay, they this they should have maybe they had something here. They would have really, really explored this, but they. Again, he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for most of the season. I kind of forgot, like, when Joe was really going after him, I was like, I forgot this guy was even around. Um, and, you know, he, he has a lot of he, – he's going to apparently tie into the story with, you know, Sue Dearborn as well. So mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of tentacles. And, you know, he's going to – when that Rico case hits, we ain't going to see – you going to see him in jail for centuries maybe uh, with yeah. all the stuff that he's going to be involved in. But I think uh, – yeah, I think Eva – I don't know. And then that scene where Iris figures out the whole thing by just pressing a button on the side of the mirror and somehow it's yeah, a it's room. Just, and what, just, like what what really what was any of that? Like she walks in that. a room, she yeah, sees a bunch of blurry mirrors that then become clear and then she gets a headache and she's freaking headache. out, but then she Ow. she stops freaking out enough, just enough to see all the important parts that she needs to see. First of all, like why was she just seeing all of this stuff on replay? Yeah. Like, yeah, she had like, the, like she had a DVR for the mirrors. Yeah, like she was watching the Flash with us. And so yeah, like she had a DVR. So let me rewind yeah. to episode five to see exactly how we effed up. Like I'm like, what is no, going on? Like, and then she like, collapses. Like I, yeah, that was that was not good, man. That was not yeah, good. And like, I, I I feel I'm frustrated because I was really trying to give them a chance because I felt like they were building to something and they were using the kind of secretive story of not telling us a lot to kind of keep me engaged which worked 
But I, I, I still didn't know whether or not what was going to happen was going to be good because they didn't weren't telling me enough. But man, yeah. and and I think the the actress that's playing Eva, I don't know if it's the direction, but I don't know. Her some of her acting beats is just so bizarre, and I get. She's playing a character that's been away from society for a long time. Right, yeah, I think herself. it's almost supposed to be a little awkward. But I think it's to the point where sometimes it just just looks weird, you know? I, <laughs> sometimes I think you don't, like, even me taking that context, I still feel like, I don't know if this is great acting. I feel like there's a better way to to for this person maybe to not get social cues. Because that's the thing, is that she's, pl- like, while you say, oh, she's been gone for all this time, but remember, also she's playing a ruse on on Iris, so like she's also playing a character in the show. So like, how much of this like her like awkward acting is just the actual character being weird on purpose? Because then right. when she's she when she's talking to her homies, her her children, quote unquote, she's a normal person. She's yeah. she's like fine. Oh, when Iris walks out the room, and all of a sudden she's like back to acting normal and not being a weirdo. She's fine. So why is it? You know, the only time where I felt like we even saw a little bit of that character in not dealing with Iris was when she talked to her husband. And that made a little more sense because obviously we see the guy as somewhat abusive, it seems. Um, and he, uh, he's a murderer. He's crazy. So I can see her maybe being a little more. And she has this, these weird feelings about this guy still. But I don't know. I think the idea that, oh, I'm trying to get revenge on my husband who left me abandoned. And now it's my time to get payback. That's the story for the season. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the mirror stuff is interesting. It's maybe not how I would have done it. Terminator 2 or T-1000. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I look, the Joe West episode, I thought it was solid. Um, I wasn't, like Shamar said, I wasn't really a, a kind of a fan of, like, the people's reactions to what were happening, you know. At first, first I forgot Singh was like a. Uh, yeah. I forgot he was a uh, you know a mirror guy. So yeah. like, which we never. Saw when was that? that a, when was that established? I don't think that was yeah, established. Yeah, we, we never saw. Yeah, that we happen. never saw it happen. Right. So, exactly. was, so <laughs> that's why he was, was like. Random. Twist. He said something. I was like, when he when he was telling Joe, like Joe, you gotta you gotta stand down on this one. Joe's like, what? Well, what? But this could be connected to Carver, and you know, I'm gonna do this or whatever, and. Team was like, all right, Joe, I have you. You know, I always have your back. Just you know, if I lose you, I'm never gonna forget it or whatever. I'm like, yeah, so I, just, never forget, I never, I never forget myself. Like yeah, and I was like, what? And that was like, a, that, it was a weird line too. It was, it was yeah, it was such a weird line. I'm like, none of you guys noticed that this was kind of weird, <laughs> but it's just always like, I don't know, if it was bad writing, but maybe it was intentionally bad writing because like it, <laughs> it wasn't thing, but it just felt it very weird. Um, the Iris stuff was funny. I mean, the Iris not being Iris stuff. And Barry, like Shamari said, Shamari told me before the show, like, I'm glad, <laughs> glad Barry finally figured out that it was Iris because it was, it was getting to the point where it was like, can you not tell, like, that's not her? Like, you would think after a yeah. while you'd realize, like, yeah, oh, she's been bugging for weeks. Yeah, that, like, that's yeah, but not when, her. When, she, when she threw him out, I'm like, fam, this is clearly Yeah, not that, Iris. that conversation was so. It was, I was, and I was she was, she was the same ridiculous stuff. She was, it was like, so ridiculous. he's like, I might use it my, all my speed. He's like, so? I'm like, so what do you mean so? Like, now we both lost our parents. Yeah, when she said that, I'm like, all right, come on, fam. I'm Barry, like, Barry, wake up, fam. Yeah, so homegirl is not homegirl. I'm glad that you know that he kind of figured that out. I will say the 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 I've been tortured and I've been like 
you know, hunt, hunted down by like a psychopath who wants my head, has a hit out on me, so I gotta go into witness protection, is the most unique way I've seen a character written off the show in a long time. Because <laughs> Joe West was just written off the show like that. It's, it feels like, no, I gotta stay. I'm like, why wouldn't you guys all go? Personally, that's why, I, yeah. That that was a big that was a big uh, story plot hole. I'm like, if Cecile was targeted in an assassination attempt, so all three of them would have to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Iris, Cecile, well, and, I mean the kids also, and the kid, and the kid, yeah, and Joe would all have to go. That's to me very clear. That didn't so, make sense that they were, you're gonna leave a woman now a single mother by herself after she was just tied up and attached to a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that they had no that they had, they had like, no way to try to detonate. It was Joe. Joe was lucky to detonate. Like yeah. she would have died if they would have if if that didn't work out. Like that also was a major plot hole. Like the idea that like Cecilia wasn't even like oh let me go with you like 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 the they, fact yeah, that they just ignored that or, or that or that like I know Singh is like working for Eva, but like that Singh wouldn't be like you know you're not safe here. We need you to go like. Like, so Singh is just like, all right, so yeah, we don't care about you. We only got the, the guy who's like, you know, a detective and now a captain who, you know, has been trained as a guy who could fight and, you know, shoot people. Like, that's the guy we need yeah, to protect. Yeah, you yeah. who has no training, who just was uh, t- attached to a bomb, ah, oh, you're good. We don't care about <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you're just a lawyer? Yeah, you could just chill. Yeah, you're just a defense, yeah, yeah. defense attorney. So we, we that's why I'm like, yeah, that. I mean, he was clearly written off the show. Uh, why? Is it a, is it a you know, is it a, contractual is it thing? A, um, is it a Wally he thing? He needs a break. You know, if you go into a new show, if you, if you got to film something, like, it, it was just so weird. Yeah. That that's how they write him off. I mean, again, it turned out to be a good episode. This is going to be another Wally, another Jesse Quick. Right, he just comes back random or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Um, But, no, I thought the, the, I thought the Iris, uh, the, the, the second episode with, you know, the liberation, I thought that was all right. I mean. The Bloodworks inclusion was kind of. I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, I know you guys aren't fans of Bloodworks. I don't. I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of him either. When, when but, they were gonna let him out, I was gonna laugh. I was gonna be like, "This is worse than than what's his name, the homie De- Devo. Uh, Devo, yeah. worse than the homie with the dagger." Yo, when I thought when it sounded like he was gonna be part of their scheme, I was I'll, like, "You cannot do this to me, Flash." Oh, like they're letting, let oh, like they're letting him out. He's I see, gonna, like him for and, me, and, like part of the reason why I've actually been able to sit there and kind of hold withhold judgment on this the rest of these episodes since the Bloodwork stuff was because he hasn't been around. Like it's been a, such a breath of fresh air so, that they're trying to build I, something I different, even though the Eva stuff seemed very. I, it's it's been it's been kind of questionable. I had the mindset of Bloodwork, the hype, the pre hype of this season with Bloodwork was like, oh, he's going to be the big bad. And he just fell completely flat. So my thing was like, this would give him a second shot, them a second shot to justify his inclusion in the season no, and the no. hype that they built for him in the season. No. Like if you throw him away, which it seems like they're still gonna go back to him at some point. If you just throw him away, it's like, well, that was a waste of time. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fine with Big Bass eventually being, um, you know, repurposed or. Reintroduced, like I'm fine. I've been fine with obviously Ia Barthon. I wouldn't find they if Black Flash or not Black Flash. Uh, he is Black Flash now, but um, if 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 Zoom was st- was you know somehow still part of the picture in some way, like I don't. I I like the idea that these characters can come back and also still haunt Barry because to me that is 
real superhero stuff. Like, you know, when Batman beats the Joker, he's not doing the Joker the rest of his, you know, crime-fighting career. Like, the Joker is a constant uh, plague on his life for the for the rest of his crime-fighting days. So, and The Flash, same thing. So, the idea that these villains would reoccur is great. I love that there's a, um, a grind episode every season. Like, that makes sense. That, that, to me, is kind of the essence of what a superhero TV show should be, in my opinion. So... I don't. I don't even have an issue with Bloodwork still being around. I don't think you had to kill him off per se, but to bring him back so quickly and now to demote him from being the big bad of the season that they could barely stop to now he's you know a lackey working with you know two mirror people in some kind of plan for a character in Eva. Who look, I'm excited about Mirror Master in this iteration of Mirror Master. Because I like that character. But I don't know what this is going to end up looking like in the end, though. It's like, that would have been weak. I, I would have preferred, whenever Bloodwork comes back, which, again, it seems like he definitely will, fine. Let him come back in a one-episode thing. Maybe team him up with someone that's a little more formidable and make it a little more, uh, make, it, make it more worthwhile than what they were going to do here. That, that I was, if he would have walked out of that Argus facility, I don't know, man. It would have been a tough tough sell to get me to keep watching this season because i was gonna say his stuff his his stuff was horrendous i would have been i would have been the first one in position look i think we should maybe just you know if they keep with the show after this season i might be like i don't know maybe we should wait and see if it's worth continuing to review i mean we devoe even savitar cicada i mean when's the last time i had a, a villain a flash villain who's cicada again Cicada, the homie with the dagger. Oh, Kendall, with the, Kendall forgot, oh, forgot oh, yeah, Cicada. Yeah, Cicada, yeah. I'm thinking, I, I got what's, Cicada. What's his star name? Sally Sadie. Mixed up with, uh, I got him mixed up with uh, Alchemy. I just knew yeah, Alchemy was the guy yeah, with the dagger. But it's like all these guys, man, it's like, we they're know it's all bad so terrible. The, the, just the last, the, it was last season that we yeah, had last Cicada. Season. Season. Wait, and Kendall's like, who, who is that person? I just checked out. You know, it's like, you try to forget. But it's like, it's so forgettable. It's so bad. <laughs> so it's like, you know, Flash, they really, they have a lot of work to do, man. Because this is not good content. It's sad that, you know, this Sue Dearbond stuff is the best stuff they got going on for me. It's the best stuff. And I'm like, that's just. That's it is. Just I, right. I, and I think that the, the actress that's playing Sue Dearborn, um has done a great job. I think she deserves a shot. She's doing a great job. Uh, yeah. Because I agree. I think that whenever she's on the screen. Um, it, it reminds, it feels like old Flash again, you know, like it just, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's witty and it, it's so, it's campy, but it, it, it just works. Uh, Natalie Dreyfus has played, uh, Sue. Um, I, I it just, it, to me, the show has just been more fun whenever she showed up and yeah, I, I do think that, you know, she's kind of been a, um, definitely a, a bright spot in the season and, you know, obviously with Sue Dearborn in the comics becoming the wife of elongated man, you know, it, it feels like this is, could be a character that becomes, you know, a series regular, maybe next season. I would be for that, but man, look, you know, for people who like this, who listen to this podcast, who love the flash, who maybe feel like, you know, me and Sham are kind of hating right now. Me and Shamari are flash fans. We would want yeah, nothing. Shamari, like, don't speak for me. No, right. uh, well, uh, no. I mean, I mean, right, I mean, right. flat. When I say flash fans, right. I mean, I'm not trying to step on. I mean, when I say flash fans, fans, when I say flash fans, I mean we we love the character, the Flash. That's what I mean. <laughs> and 
And look, we've we've watched this show, so we 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 have a special place yeah, in our hearts for this show, this show and we yeah. used to love this show exactly. Yeah. So when we say this stuff about it, it it's it's uh it's decline in quality. We're not saying it to hate on. There's no reason for us to hate on the Flash. We love the Flash character, the comic books, the 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 TV show, the first two seasons. Yeah, like it's all from us saying we've seen this show do so much better so, so much fun. more and what it's devolved into for now you have to say at least three seasons if i'm gonna give you that saratar stuff had some interesting good moments fine i'll give you maybe three seasons but after that it's been three seasons of a lot of tough stuff to sit through um and it's not that they didn't have they didn't have good moments here or there right but yeah. it, it feels like again those moments seem to be centered around when they dip into their past like i think you know with the stuff they did with nora west allen and it, how it and, it and its involvement with Thorn, like that was i think really good stuff from last season and right. like we talked yeah. about it on the show we were like why can't just this be the season why are we even messing around with cicada like that that whole cicada. thing My is God. is is just awful like we no one cares like we see some elements of the show that made us love it in the past but too much of the other nonsense has kind of engulfed the show and, and the writing again just has not been up to snuff. And I'm hoping that they could turn it around, man. I, I really do. Um because because to be fair, you know, Arrow had a couple of really rough seasons and then it had that uh that Adrian Chase season. Yeah. That Prometheus season and I was like, Man, what a way to make a comeback. Like don't call it a comeback. Like I've been here for years because Arrow seemed to be on a very similar track that Flash is now. It just kind of treading its, its treading water, you know, not doing anything all that bold, and it just knocked it out of the park with Prometheus. So it's not that you can't do good stuff, even later in your term as a show or as a series. Uh, you just got to find inspiration, and they have not found it yet. I'm hoping that they uh, find it. It soon. seems like we'll get some sort of conclusion to whatever this whole god that whole godspeed yes. thing was that they introduced i'm not looking forward to this, yeah. to this at all in, in the I mean, beginning of the season look it's a speedster that's the eighth godspeed we've seen this week <laughs> what and uh, the crazy thing is like it happened in episode one and then they just never went back yeah, to it again never went back to it and that's I mean, it's, a, it's like a weird thing to bring back now yeah. And isn't the whole idea that this guy isn't even that good? Like he's like a wax speedster. Like the Flash. Yeah, like I don't know. yeah, I don't know what. So what now it's like are. the only. So now it's like the only reason why this is even gonna be a, a battle this next time is because the Flash has no speed. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. guy's speed is so bad that the only way he could even put up a fight against the Flash and, and be a threat. Yeah, this is, guy is not. It's when, when Barry. <laughs> yeah. It's when Barry's on a you know is on a pitch count. Like you know this, like this is this is. <laughs> So disappointing because he still looks so amazing. Still like the one like, of the coolest looking characters yeah, ever on the show. Yeah, like he looks so amazing. You're like, man, they just made this character interesting. This could be awesome. It's twenty million times. This better is, than this is like they all made the, we, the White all, Ranger or like the the, the Silver Ranger <laughs> and Power Rangers like the weakest ones. I know. You'd be like, wait, what? Like they introduce this new character, it looks it looks all it looks crazy. Oh, man, I'm just I'm glad it's a speedster. I'm glad it's not the T1000 from Terminator Two. And I feel I'm glad like, it's not. And I feel work. like doesn't it feel like also it's so, like, it's like, it feels almost like a troll at this point because he was first introduced and there was nothing to him. Uh, then he was in. Well, I don't know. Was his first introduction as uh, the Nora story? Was that the first time we got introduced to Godspeed? I don't remember. 
I feel like it was in the premiere, right? What do you mean in the premiere? No, remember, Godspeed killed Nora's friend. Godspeed is why Nora became excess. I don't even remember. That's I don't even remember. So you awesome. guys don't remember that? Nah, I remember. I remember That's his crazy. intro was like a specific thing, but I yeah, they had, they, they had it. They had the episode of this premiere where like it's like, oh, there's these Godspeeds that show up every, you know, three or four months, but then they're different people than the people that Excess told us about. It's because it, like, like Godspeed is Excess's first villain, but right. like, there's nothing interesting about Godspeed or like his backstory. Or anything. They don't even give him backstory. He's just a guy who kills somebody and or fights him and beats him. And then, like, and it's like, oh, man, like, that could have been really awesome. And instead, they made that really lame. And now yeah. it's like, instead of just, like, moving on from that, they just keep, like, hitting us over the head with, like, what could have been with Godspeed. It's like, yeah. I prefer you just not use them at this point. If you're going to just keep, like, tarnishing the, the the very young legacy he has as a great Flash villain, um, it's it just, like, it's a waste. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens the rest of the season, man. That's going to do it for this episode of the new generation hero talk podcast of course if you want to catch this show or any of our other shows be sure to check out a new generation podcast network you can find us on apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and TuneIn. you can also catch us on uh our youtube channel new generation media follow us on social media we're on twitter uh new generation pod on instagram new generation podcasts and on uh, Facebook and Generation Media. You can find Shamari on social media, MCSham22 on Instagram and Snapchat. Find me on uh, Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. We'll have more Hero Talk next week. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.